just got done talking about pricing psychology. Was that last week or is that two weeks ago now? I We've done so many. I don't even know. I think it was two weeks ago. Well, because we did, we did all of the broadband competition one last week. So yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. That's right. Well, this just came out in the news today. And, you know, it's, it's speculation at this point. But there's talk that Apple will be bringing the iPhone prices up $100. And if you remember, I think I called out in that episode the fact that the iPhone 12 Pro or whatever Pro model we have now is $999. That's kind of the base Pro. But now that's going to be allegedly... $1,099. Do you think that's going to deter people away from that a little bit? Or how do you think raising that price will affect people? Because it will be above $1,000 now. I'm of two minds of it because normally I would say going above that $1,000 threshold just psychologically is a big leap for people, you know? But it's Apple. I mean, you've got the cult of Apple, right? So what's the likelihood that somebody is not going to upgrade their phone and get the latest and greatest technology from Apple just be just for the low, low price of an additional hundred dollars? And that's what so I was normal thinking. companies, I would say, probably can't do that. But I feel like Apple probably can get away with it. Oh, well, I was just telling you a few minutes ago that I like to upgrade my phone every other year or so. And you know, I saw that like, oh man, it's going to be a thousand bucks for a phone. But then like within like 10 seconds, I was like, eh, it's Apple, you know, they're going to, they're going to get my money either way, but it'll be interesting because, you know, you're going <laughs> from this $999 to a $1,099 phone. And while it may not seem yeah. like much, you know, for the, the premium Apple buyers out there, um, you know, they're adding a zero or throwing that one in front of the number two. So it'll be interesting to see if they do in fact raise prices, um, how people react to that. Mm. Yeah, people love to throw shade at Apple, so I'm sure some people will talk crap, you know, that they're just being greedy or whatever. Uh, but it's it is going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't think it's I think net net it's probably going to have a positive on their revenue because they're going to be getting that additional addi those additional dollars. And you know, to go back to college economics class, right? It's price elasticity of demand or whatever. And when you're Apple, you can get away with that sort of thing because there's still going to be a tremendous demand for your product. And the funny thing too, Gabe, is, you know, wh whatever reason they cite for the price increase, you know, I, I see this being the new price of the iPhone. You know, they, they have no real incentive to bring it mm -hmm. back down a year from now. They're going to be having that additional profit, whatever that situation may be. So it'll be interesting to see what steps Apple takes as they, you know, supposedly raise prices on their iPhones. I think what we should do is that we should just immediately stop the podcast and go buy some Apple stock. That way in a year or whatever, when they do raise prices on the iPhone, we can afford to buy that new iPhone. Gabe, I feel I like- I think that's the general takeaway. I feel like every time we talk about a company on this podcast, like the stock tanks the next day, so maybe we shouldn't buy any. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not, but I, I don't think we're going to be uh, having that impact on Apple. <laughs> well, um, investment advice aside, or whatever we want to call what we just talked about, um, I did want <laughs> to talk. Not investment advice. Yeah, we, we don't know. We don't know any of that. But I did want to talk about um, not iPhone specifically, but mobile messaging, specifically mobile notifications, these push notifications. I think it's a really underutilized channel. Gabe, I know you and I have these conversations all the time. Um, you know, we just spent some time a couple of weeks ago creating mobile notification campaigns, but it got me thinking, you know, how many people are using mobile notifications if they have a mobile app? And to that point, if you don't have a mobile app, 
Do you have notifications set up on your website? That's another thing that's really easy to do. And you can send them out to, to your website visitors on desktop. I don't know if you've seen that pop up on at all, Gabe, where it says allow or block. Um, I have. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because I see that a lot now with the allowing, you know, allow notifications from websites. I, I don't know that I've ever said yes to that. What, what's your feeling on allowing um, a website to send you notifications? I used to, but my problem was, and we're going to get into this in a few minutes, but my problem is the notifications I get on the desktop are pretty much the same notifications I get on my phone. So chances are I you know, mm. have my phone on me all the time, but if I'm sitting at my desktop and get a notification, that's nice. But you know, if, if it's going to my phone, I'd rather the notification go to my phone than on the desktop. But we'll talk about, you know, multi-channel notifications here in a little bit, Gabe. But I did want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what is a push notification for those who might be new to the channel and, and how you can use them. So, you know, just just as we mentioned, Gabe, push notification, it's that message that comes through your app, through your website, whatever channel you have, to your subscribers on on, on their phones. And it's really the most direct way to communicate with them. Gabe, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that too, but as opposed to like sending an individual text message, I mean, this is, this is a very, very direct way to communicate to your subscribers. Very direct way. And as you said, I think a very underutilized way to communicate with your, with your customers. It, it's, we all, we are I'm holding up my phone here for those who are watching it on the video, but you know, we carry these things around all the time, right? We all spend probably way too many hours a day staring at our phone screens. And so it's very, it's hallowed ground, man. I mean, that's very valuable property to be able to communicate really directly with your customers through this thing that they're carrying around all the time. The other thing that we haven't mentioned yet is again, holding up my, you know, doing a little show and tell here for those who are watching on a video, you can communicate directly to this too, if you've got an Apple watch, right? So a lot of, not all of my notifications, but a lot of the notifications that come through to my phone come through to my watch as well. So it's a very, I hate to use the word invasive because that's not the, I don't want to make it sound negative and that makes it, gives it a negative connotation, but it is a very direct way to communicate with your, your customers. And a fan, we've seen it as a fantastic way to get people to engage uh, versus, you know, we're obviously big fans of, of, you know, digital marketing tactics, social media and email and those sorts of things. But mobile notification is just a, a, a really effective way to get your note, to get your message out in front of, uh, in front of and, customers. And Gabe, to your point, it can be a very personal channel. You know, I've got my watch on too. And mm -hmm. I would say 80% of my notifications, I, you know, I'll do the quick glance at my watch, see what the message is. Yep. And, and then I know, you know, if I want to engage with that notification, I can, I can click on it. I can pull out my phone and, and continue, but having those notifications sent right to your to your subscribers, your app users, whatever the situation may be, I, I it's one of my favorite channels to be honest with you. I I agree because it, it cuts through all of the clutter, right? You know, we've we've all heard you know all of the challenges with you know the iOS fourteen, you know iOS fourteen stuff, and you know everything with Apple and Facebook punching each other in the face, and you know creating all kinds of all kinds of issues you know, from a social media marketing perspective, this cuts through all of that, right? Your customers have opted in to receiving these notifications from you by downloading your app and agreeing to those terms and conditions. Now, I know we're going to talk about this later. You've, you've, you've got to uh, treat that with respect, right? And not just completely spam people because that's a great way to get them to turn notifications off. 
But, you know, when they have downloaded your app, you know, agreed to have that communication channel with you, it's a fantastic way to get to get messaging in front in front of them. And Zach, I know we want to talk about, you know, what what are really the goals of notifications? You know, what 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 should people be looking to get out of actually sending these notifications to, you know, to these devices we're either carrying around in our pocket or in some cases even on our even on our bodies, right? Our or if watches. you have the Google Glass, you know, maybe right to your to your glasses, Gabe. But you know, the the goal here oh, is Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, right. Like maybe we'll get some new uh mm. some new Apple glasses too this fall. But uh, back to your point, with push notifications, <laughs> the goal is to drive engagement. You want to get people back to your mobile app, uh, your mobile website, whichever channel you have have access to. That's where you want to bring people back to. And I like to think of push notifications as basically call to actions. You know, we are driving conversions through these push notifications, boosting engagement rates, and you know, nine out of ten times we are asking the recipient to do something. And Gabe, this kind of brings up a point I wanted to, to, to ask you. It's, I feel like this question is very subjective, but how often do you think you should be sending push notifications out? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think it really, I hate to use the, it depends, but I think it depends. It, it depends on what type of information you're sending out to your customers. So if you're sending nothing but advertisements, you know, it, it you can't probably do that very often. I also think it depends a lot on the mm -hmm. industry. I was reading a report. Oh gosh, it was a few weeks ago. So I don't remember all of the specific details, but there was a company who's, you know, they're, they were a mobile, uh, mobile notification or push notification marketing organization. And they'd done a bunch of research on what is the best, what's the sweet spot. Right. And it really did vary by industry vertical. So if you were a health and, you know, a health company, you know, you, uh, more frequent advertise or more frequent notifications were okay. If you were a technology company, you actually should be doing less. So it really depends on your industry vertical. Um, I'll see if I can find that article and uh, and send it to you so we can drop it in the show notes, Zach. But it was a really interesting write up. So it, I think it depends on the industry. It depends on the vertical. It also depends on what you're sending, right? And if again, if you're just hammering people with ads all the time and trying to get them to buy something they're probably going to opt out of that, right? But if you're sending helpful information or information to educate or information about what's going on in your local communities, those sorts of things, then I think you can be a lot more frequent with notifications that are sent out. Oh, totally. I don't know. What's your I, feel on that? Am I totally I don't want to jump into the do's and don'ts too fast, Gabe, because um, we'll yeah. highlight those towards the end of the episode just to, just to keep people looped in here. Um, but I think you're totally right. As, as someone who has been... <laughs> You know, I, I'm pretty critical about people's uh, advertising tactics, but if I get overwhelmed by notifications or if there's content that's not relevant to me, something I don't like, I'm going to totally shut that channel off. I will go in my iPhone and say, hey, no more notifications from XYZ app. That's, that's it. And that's what you don't want subscribers to do because once they've done that, once they have opted out of these communications, that, that channel's done. You, you cannot come back to them. So yeah. you have to be very cautious. Gabe, I'm going to put a number to this conversation, but you know, you and I are in, you know, in tech, I think feel like we, we, we do a lot with tech customers. If you're doing advertising push notifications, I would honestly say one to two a month. That's, that's, that's the goal. If you're doing a promotion yeah. one to two a month, that's it. But you do have special situations. Maybe you have, I think you're, I think you're maybe exactly you have a right. maintenance window. You can have some downtime, um, a community event, whatever that may be. 
I would say there's some more special situations. Obviously, if you have a community event every day, you know, you don't want to spam, but there's, there's going to be situations when you can <laughs> deviate from the one to two a month. So, um, in push notifications, it's, it's almost weird to say it, Gabe, but, uh, the fewer you do, I think the better off you will be in that channel. Yeah, I think that's right. It's it's almost kind of the opposite of what you would recommend in some other channels, you know, where it's like on social media, you need to be running stuff constantly just to make sure that you're consistently being, you know, exposed to your customers, you know, through those platforms. But you're right, because because people can opt out, they can opt out very easily into your you've made a great point about once they've opted out, you're you're kind of out of luck, right? So there's uh, it's very unlikely that somebody's going to turn that turn those notifications back on. You do have to be very unless cautious, unless they delete the it. app. One other topic, you <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there, there's something else you mentioned earlier, and I wanted to kind of circle back to this. So I think of kind of two types of notifications. There's a notification where, and they're both calls to action, but they're different calls to action. So the first one would be, I'm sending a notification and I want my customer to click on this and go back to my website to do something, right? That would be, you know, as you said, trying to sell them something, maybe just trying to get them to fill out a form, do a trial for something in particular. The other one you mentioned is trying to get them to engage with something in the app. And I, I know you've looked into this and I know it's complex, but there are ways that you can actually drive people to specific portions of your app with the SDK. Oh man, I didn't right? know we'd be talking about deep linking today, but now <laughs> I know I hit you. Now I'm all excited. But one. yes, if you have an app, um, Gabe, one of one of the favorite uh, platforms you and I use is branch.io. That's their website if you want to visit branch.io. Mm -hmm. um, but what you can do is you can integrate this SDK into your app and then you can build links that go to specific pages within your app. So um, when you send out these these push notifications and if you want to include a link, you can actually link people to a specific page within the app. So if you you might have seen this too. I know um, a lot of fast food apps have this, um, but if you click on the notification, it'll take you to a specific spot in the app. But it's a great way to drive engagement and drive people back into the app. Um, I think of like online shopping as as a good use case. I've seen this with Reddit specifically. You know, every now and then it'll be like, hey, you know, this post on Reddit got so many upvotes, and then you click on the notification, it takes you to that link. But um, you know, Gabe, you and I, you know, we you know, in the telecom industry again. So um, if you had a specific campaign that was related to managing the network in your house or, um, you know, creating people profiles, blocking content, whatever that would be, you could actually link people yep. to that specific spot in the app. So with deep linking, definitely read into it. Maybe we should do an episode on deep linking, but um, a lot of potential there to, to utilize those push notifications to drive people into a specific spot within the app. Kind of leads us into our next talking point, Gabe. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and that's going to be... It did, didn't I know. That was kind yeah. of a nice transition. What <laughs> kinds of notifications should I be sending? Um, as Gabe mentioned, this is not a channel where you're just going to go on and blast everyone with random nonsense. Um, you can actually create different campaigns and, and whatnot with your notifications, depending on what you want to accomplish. Um, one of the very first things, though, Gabe, is I would say a welcome notification. I think this is a pretty, a pretty simple use case raise brand awareness, welcome those new customers to your app, um, website, whatever that may be. And, uh, you know, integrate that with another, uh, with another product too. So, um, a lot of potential with the, with the welcome notification. 
Yeah, agreed. I think this is the clearest use case for me and the easiest when we're talking about some sort of nurture journey. And the example that I always use for this one in particular is to go back to our Apple discussion. You buy an Apple Watch and you connect it to your phone. The first thing that Apple does is they start sending you notifications for, in this case, they do like one a day for the next seven days. And they send you tips about how to actually use this new piece of hardware that you just bought. And I very distinctly remember buying my Apple Watch, connecting it to my phone and having that journey built out for me of, hey, here's another tip about how you can get more out of this product you just bought. And I loved that. I thought it was so great because it got me excited about this thing I just bought. You know, um, yeah, it, it, it was just such a positive experience of how to basically welcome somebody in through that journey. Do you remember, I'm, obviously you have, you, you've, I know you're an Apple Apple person as well, and you've got all these products. Do you remember that experience of going yeah, through that? You're, you're going to hate my response to this, but I shut those I shut the notifications <laughs> off from Apple on the Tips app. But the oh, reason was me. is you know I, I, I'm more of a techie. I you know I, I know how to use use this kind of stuff. I I know what the watch was capable of, so I shut them off because to me it was like you know how to do something on Apple Pay. It's like well that's what I do anyway. Total side note though, I'm gonna I'm gonna expand yeah. on that comment. If you do not use Apple Pay on your Apple Watch or Android Pay on your, you know, Android Watch or whatever Pay on your watch, please set that up because I have found that when I'm buying groceries or whatever that situation may be, I always pay with my watch. I just, you know, double tap and go off I am. I don't like being held up behind people in line struggling with their wallet or whatever, but uh, if you want to use the tips app from from the podcast today, the, the push notification we're talking about, uh, Set up Apple Pay on your watch or whatever watch you have. <laughs> I think that's that's a great tip. And and to Gabe's point, uh, you didn't need a push notification to learn that one. So um, we'd like to keep it ed- educational. There you go. Um, Love it. But Love the it. next kind of push notification, <laughs> Gabe, is is a promotional message. And this is something we kind of touched on. But um, you know, if you have an app, mm-hmm. there's something you're advertising. You know, you have goods, you have a service you know, raising brand awareness again, increasing sales, that's gonna be a goal of yours. So how do you do this? And one of the ones I commonly see, Gabe, is is a discount, a promo code. Um, click in the app, you know, here's promo code, you know, 2022, whatever whatever that code may be. And I think that's a great way to communicate that with, with your customers as well. Totally agree. And I, on this one specifically, I think you can even, what's cool with notification with a lot of these notifications is you can get really targeted at who is going to see the notification. So these are clearly customers of yours. They've engaged with you in some way. They have your app. You may even be able to do some filtering based off of like customer lifetime value and, you know, or how much revenue they're giving you, something like that. So you could offer a specific group of people a can very jump specific in here, Gabe, too. Maybe you've got a new product that you're launching. Geographic Ooh, location yes. is a good one, too. Mm, yeah, that's another great one. Yep. Good call. Love that. So, yeah, that's another good way to do it, too, right? So, you know, segment, you can segment these things even further to target people based on specific actions. But again, they're already your customers. They're, you can filter them based off of some sort of customer lifetime value and then only offer you know, a special promotion to your people who you know you're gonna be able to derive a lot more value from versus you know, people who may not necessarily are, 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 as, as are engaged. Oh, sorry, that was a weird way to say that sentence, but yeah. you get what I'm trying to say. Um, the, other one, the other one that you listed here, and I thought I think is a really good point, 
is creating that sense of urgency, right? Is putting a, a time frame on it. I had an example. Uh, I was reading this to you earlier. Actually, I, I got a notification from uh, Wise, which is a camera camera company, and they sent me this notification that says uh, introducing the Airbnb Starter Pack. Everything you everything you need to protect your Airbnb side hustle, including a Wise Lock Bolt, now through Sunday. So they've got this like you know urgency that they're trying to get you to act right and. They got a lot. They, I, I thought that was a pretty good notification. I know you're not a huge fan of Wise. I'm actually not a huge fan of Wise either. But um, the I thought they got a lot across in a pretty short amount in a pretty short amount of oh, copy, totally. If and, that makes sense. You know, my my only complaint about that push notification is: Do you have an Airbnb? Like, are they, are they talking to the right people? But but either way, <laughs> I, you know, having people come back by by Sunday or coming yes. back by. Five o'clock PM tonight. They see that notification and it's, and it's you know oh I got to act now if I want to take advantage of this discount. So and and I I say to use that kind of mm -hmm. language in, in a lot of advertising. To be honest, if if you want people to do something, um, you know give them a timeline. You know Gabe, I think a while back we were talking about parental controls and and you said you know protect your family today. That's that's a strong statement. You know. Um, so I think putting that that timeline behind your your push notification copy or really any ad at this point is is a very strong tactic too. But because it's going directly to your mobile device, there's even more urgency that I think you can create with that. You know, it, it's it's additional. There's there's just that additional contrast that you can turn up with a mobile notification and creating that urgency, I think, versus other channels as well. So it, it lends itself very nicely to putting that timeline on it. As you said, today, right? You know people are going to see that today. Once they, once that notification has gone from their screen, they're probably not thinking about it ever again, right? Um, so it, it is good to create that urgency so they want to try and act. At good that call, Gabe. Point. And that leads us into the next type of notification and this is just really, I'm going to call it, you know, important messages, but this can be really any generic, I don't want to say generic, do I? Ge any generic message that your business may have. So maybe you have a new product launch, an upcoming event, um, maintenance windows, Gabe, that's one I mentioned that we we, we just completed here. Um, we, we were able to build that notification saying, hey, you know, maintenance mm -hmm. window from, you know, midnight to 2 a.m., whatever that may be. But that that's kind of goes back to that comment I made at the beginning of the podcast, whereas if you're shooting for one to two advertising specific push notifications a month and you have this, you know, push notification for a uh, maintenance window, I think that's totally acceptable because I'd rather know that, hey, you know, my app's going to be down at this time. My website's going to be down. My product will be down, whatever that situation may be. I'm, that's, that's something that people want to know because the last thing you want is people, you know, opening their app, seeing it's down, calling you. Uh, maybe it's after hours too, you know, leaving leaving a complaint someplace. So having those notifications can really help a business too. Uh, and with that too, you know, new product launches, I think that's another yeah, good one too. You mentioned sure. the ways um, apps sending you, sending you the notification to the light bulb. But I remember in the past, I've gotten notifications saying, hey, the new, um, I don't know what it was at the time, the new light bulb, the new camera is, is out now and you can click on the notification. It takes you to the app mm -hmm. where you can kind of see the new product, which is pretty cool. And you can buy it too. So. I think the product launch notifications are pretty cool as well. Yeah, I think product launch is another great one for sure. And as you said, the maintenance notification one, I mean, for, you know, obviously we work in the broadband industry. So that's one that, you know, look, maintenance, maintenance stuff is going to happen, right? There's going to be times where you probably need to, 
you know, update some network, you know, some network equipment, whatever it may be. Luckily, those things typically happen in the middle of the night. But hey, give people a heads up. Or to your point, maybe you know, sometimes mm -hmm. unplanned maintenance is going to cut the fiber you know, line. <laughs> never know what's going to happen in the real world. You know, somebody exactly. Or yeah, yeah. I had a customer. This is like the most Canadian thing ever. But I had a customer who a beaver chewed through a, a tree and knocked a, knocked over their fiber line, and you know, took a took a bunch of people took a bunch of people down. So it's just like. Yeah, what are you going to do? But people run their car into poles, you know? I mean, all kinds of stuff can happen in the real world, right? This stuff catches on fire. I mean, you just never know. But at least if you're communicating out to your customers in a proactive way, right, to let them know, hey, we're aware, we're working on it, and we're going to give you an update as soon as we have information. People do this already. They do it on their social media accounts. Unfortunately, with the social media aspect, you can't necessarily get as targeted. So like, Going back to your example earlier with the geographic thing, if you wanted to just target a target a notification to people who are in a specific area that are out, you could send it to just those people rather than having to put it on your Facebook page, which is going to be seen by many, many people who probably aren't impacted. And unfortunately, when you do that, it degrades their it potentially degrades their view of you as a company, right? Because you're having an outage. So they're like, oh, this again, you know? And uh, and you can get negative commentary on social media and those sorts of things, which we know is a huge bummer um, and can you know ruin reputations. Whereas it's just like, hey, look, there's just this little area that's having a problem. I'm just going to send out a notification to the people that are in and that's this totally specific location. And, you know, I, I love the proactive approach to begin with. I like coming out and communicating these in advance as opposed to being like, oh, yeah. hey, you know, things went down last night sorry about it. You know, we're working to improve it. No, don't, don't do that. Come out and say, Hey, we're gonna have a maintenance window. Uh, and again, target those people who will be affected. If you have the geographic option available, absolutely use that. Okay. That's one of my favorite call outs uh, you just made is, is if you've got people in a specific region that you know will be affected, go in and, and target them specifically. And, and that is one of the big differences between email, social media, and push notifications is, um, I mean, I guess to an extent, you can kind of narrow down those audiences a little bit, but if I go on Facebook right now and say, hey, maintenance outage in this location, you know, people in the next state over are going to see that. People across the country are going to see that. So it, it's it's way better to, to, to use that narrow audience mm -hmm. and talk directly again, right to the phones of the subscribers, directly to the people who will be impacted. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, the kind of shifting gears a little bit, you know, we, we talked, we touched on this a bit before, but there's other, other things that you could push out to people, not just maintenance updates, not promotional items, not, you know, deals that you want people to sign up for, but community stuff, you know, and I think this is a great way to utilize this as well. And Zach, you mentioned this, you know, Hey, you don't want to spam people too much with ads. And I totally agree with you on the, you know, one to two per month is probably the right thing for, for advertising uh, through mobile notifications. But if you've got updates of, you know, what's going on in your community, if you're having an event, uh, you know, if there's a local, a large local event that you're going to be at, remind people that you're going to be there. You know, it's, it's a fantastic way to just open up that line of communication and remind people that you're in the community, you're serving those communities that you're actually working and living in. Um, and I think that if you're looking at what you're, you're probably doing a lot of this already, just being, it's being done on social media. So what can you forklift out of what you're doing on social media? And, you know, how does it fit into that mobile notification? I, you know, Gabe, I, I, I totally agree. I, 
I'm just a big fan of push notifications. I, I could go on and, and build campaigns all day, but I think, <laughs> I think community updates are great. It's, it's a fantastic tool combined with, um, you know, promotional messages, welcome messages. I think community updates are fantastic. People typically like seeing those. Like you said, um, you know, my experience, we had a big barbecue and one was actually last summer, we had a big barbecue. And instead of pushing this push notification out to everyone, including, you know, customers in, you know, Colorado, Utah, Hawaii, wherever they may have been, I can directly say, hey, it is with people in the same town. Let's talk to just them. So I think it's just a, a very cool promotional tool. And I think one one thing we didn't talk about, Gabe, is all of these notifications we talked about right now are kind of manual notifications, things that we have to kind of go in and set up too. But one thing I think people should take mm -hmm. advantage of is is automated notification, event-driven notifications, things like that, things maybe built into your system that you can just have push out on a regular basis if a certain criteria has met, has been met. Yep. Yeah, it's a great call out. And you're right. We have been talking a lot about kind of these manual notifications and it's not a tremendous amount of effort to set these up, but it is a little bit of work to do these manually. So to the extent that you can automate them, drive them off of specific events, maybe even use them as an educational tactic. You know, if somebody displays a certain behavior and you want to just help educate them. Maybe you're sending them back. Maybe instead of trying to sell them something, you're sending them back to an article that you have written on your knowledge base, right? To educate them about the thing that they tried to do. That's still a great way to automate, help your customer understand what's going on and educate them in a way that's going to be relevant for them for the challenge that they're dealing with. So Gabe, with we should talk about the do's and don'ts, but before we do that, I, I've, got a, I've got a situation yes, and I just want to take your it. feedback on this. Um, I'm a big fan of grocery pickup. We've talked about this in the past, mm, but right. I like going and picking up my groceries, having that list ahead of time just to make sure I get everything and I'm not wandering around grabbing things I don't need or forgetting something on my list. But one of the things that happens when you do your grocery pickup is I'll go, I'll you know say, say what stall my vehicle is in on the app, and then they bring out the groceries, help them load them, so on. What happens then is you'll get a push notification saying, hey, you know your groceries have been picked up. Here's your e-receipt. And then I get a text message saying, hey, your groceries have been picked up. Here's your e-receipt. And then I get an email that says, hey, your groceries have been picked up. Here's your e-receipt. What do you think about that process, Gabe? Do you think that's, you know, a little heavy on the communications? Yeah, I have a very similar, I've ha I had a very similar experience this weekend with DoorDash. So DoorDash does a very similar thing, right? Where they, I shouldn't even say it's similar. It's the exact same thing. When they show up at your house, the person, the driver, you get an alert via the app. The driver takes a picture and then sends you a text message saying, hey, I dropped it off here. If they're you know doing no contact, which they usually do. And then you also get an email saying it was delivered. It's too much. Like, let's just pick a channel, people. I don't need four, you know, or in this case, three notifications about the exact same thing. Like it's totally overkill. If you're sending a, I, I guess, I guess maybe this is the, this is the way I would think about it. If you're sending a notification, do you also need to do those other channels, especially at the same I, my time? My answer I is. I think that's the annoying part, right, Zach? Solid, is that it's at no. the exact I, same time. I am a strong believer is in, if you are sending a push notification, <laughs> it's going to my phone. I already see it. Don't send me a text message, right? Now, if it's something like a receipt, I could say, hey, you know, I, I can I can understand why you would email that. But to me, it's if I have push notifications enabled, I don't want to mm. see this exact message anyplace else. 
Am I am I crazy, Gabe? Or <laughs> so, and I want to I want to make sure. No, no, no. I'm totally with you, dude. I, and it's I think there's a distinction that we want to make here, right? We're not saying that you shouldn't send similar mm -hmm. notifications around across multiple channels. If you're running a social ad, if you're sending emails out to people, especially if it's for an mm -hmm. advertisement where you're trying to get people to take action and you're also using mobile notifications as part of that, great. That's fine. Just make sure it doesn't all happen at the exact same time. Yeah, so I, mean, I mean, if you're talking email, messages all, the, all at once, right? If you're talking email, so that's text, the balance that you need to figure out. All at the same time. Oh, that, that would overwhelm me. I don't like that at all. But I mean, if, if I get a push notification now and then an email, you know, tonight, I'm not going to think twice about that. Good. I'm, maybe I need to see that message twice anyway, but do not send out everything exactly. at the same time. You're going to overwhelm people. You're going to spam them. And you're just not using the uh, the omnichannel approach appropriately at that point. So don't do that. That's that's the big don't. Um, do yeah. though. Let's talk about a do, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. So let's that talk about something you perfectly should do. Into do's and don'ts. Uh, and we kind of alluded to this, but do send fewer and personalized notifications. So if there's something that applies directly to me, send it to me. Uh, don't send don't send it to Gabe because you know it might not be personalized to Gabe. But but know your audience and send them those personalized notifications. And I'm not saying you know put their name in there, but make the messaging relevant to them. And again, to the point, send fewer notifications. Don't don't mm -hmm. spam people. Don't send one a day. Don't send you know two a week. Um, keep it to a couple notifications a month. Don't let's talk about a don't now, Gabe. And we kind of just yep. introed this one a little bit, but. Don't blast people at inconvenient times. So inconvenient times, I, I think of this as like, if I'm sleeping and it's 3 a.m., I do not want to get a notification. This has happened before, like, oh, you know, like 3 a.m., I'll grab my phone and it'll be a notification from, you know, Facebook telling me I have a memory to look back on. That is not a notification I need to see at 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. If you have a promotional message, don't send that out at 3 a.m., Send them out when either you know your audience is, is online, if you have that data, or send it out at an appropriate time during the day. I, I like to be on my phone when I eat. <laughs> when I eat dinner, not not with people, but if I'm eating by myself, you know, I'll typically be on my phone. Or if like I'm winding down for the evening, you know, I'll be on my phone. If I'm just getting yeah. started in the morning, you know, first thing I do is check my phone. Those are appropriate times. Midday, um, you know, people are typically at work, you know, so mm -hmm. you might be kind of hit hit miss there. But uh, definitely late night. Um, don't. I do think though lunchtime oh, yeah. hour. To your point about you know, hey, if you're you know scrolling through your phone while you're munching while you're while you're munching some lunch, right? That's a great time to potentially send a notification, especially if you're, especially if you're asking people to take a specific action that they can only take during business hours, right? So that's another thing that I think is really important for people to think about is. If you're asking people to take an action, can they take Gabe, that action? At you the got, time that you I'm had a notification. This, this notification. might've been back around Super so, Bowl season, but was it you that got the notification about getting food for the big game um, just before the game too? Yeah. yeah so yeah, just having notifications notification. like that, mm -hmm. I think is just a fantastic use case. You know, if you're going to be watching the football game, basketball game, you know, you definitely want food. So here comes the notification in and um, Gabe, I don't know if you engaged with that notification or not, but. If I'm hungry and I see that notification, I totally am. <laughs> I don't think I ordered anything, but I definitely, yeah. No, I, I think Grubhub does this. I've talked about Grubhub before. I think I've talked about them on the podcast and I've talked about them in other places, but I think they're one of the best companies at this because 
their mobile notifications are always very timely. Their copy is always really tight. And it's also always trying to create some sort of urgency. So they'll send the Super Bowl one as an example. When the NBA finals were on, they sent ones, sent notifications right before the game started. Uh, you know, hey, big game's coming on. You know, make sure you get your food lined up. Friday, like middle of the day, they'll send one going, oh man, it's been a really hard work week for you. You deserve, you know, you deserve to order in this Friday night, right? Like they're really good at hitting people up with notifications at the right time. I think people could learn a lot from what Again, you basically just summed up the next point and that is to do, nice do write great content and messages for your notification. <laughs> Keep it tight, like you said. The thing with push notifications is you only have a few lines of yeah, text. You've got that man. character limit. So if your message expands on beyond that or you know you have to shorten it and it doesn't make sense, you've got to rethink some things because you have limited space to do this and do this correctly. So uh, keep it tight, as, as Gabe says, and, and uh, make sure that content is great if you include an image as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's... I, I kind of like it because it forces you to be, it forces you to not be so precious with your words. You know, sometimes we get so worried about being clever instead of being clear. And it, I, I kind of like push notification because of that, because it really forces you to think, how do I, how do I edit this down to something that is really going to, that is going to be very relevant for this person uh, based on, you know, this particular thing that I'm sending out to them. So it's probably not the worst thing in the world for us to be forced into, I like it. you know, shorter. A, you know, shorter I don't want to read a paragraph if I'm reading a push notification. I want to see the action item and be able to decide if I want to engage no. right then, which leads us into the last don't, which we mentioned, uh, don't send notifications without context. And if you're using multiple channels, again, make sure you're not blasting everyone at the same time using email, text, uh, push notifications, whatever that may be. Make sure that you are using the appropriate channels at the appropriate times and make sure it's not just a random notification that people ask, you know, like, what, what, what is this? What am I reading here? If it's an actual item, make sure that call to action is clear and you've defined that yeah. in the push notification. Well, just, just like you wouldn't use content for, you know, that's going to be shown in a, in an Instagram feed or a Facebook news feed as a Instagram or Facebook story, don't get lazy and, you know, copy what was going to be your SMS blast into a mobile notification. It's not going to work. It's not going to make sense. It's going to look weird. And, you know, you got to put in a little bit of additional effort to make sure that that content is formatted appropriately for the Gabe, marketing I think that's that a great point too. Use. So, um, Again, push notifications is one of my favorite channels. So as much as I would like to go on and on and, and talk all day about push notifications, um, we do we do have a time limit here, guys. So uh, thanks everyone for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this discussion on push notifications <laughs> and why you should be using them and how you should be using them if you're not using them today. Uh, don't forget to give Gabe and I a, fo a follow on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget if you'd like to catch the video podcast to join us on Spotify and join us on YouTube. You know, Gabe, Gabe was doing some show and tell today with his, his phone and Apple Watch, so you can only see that on, on Spotify. It was, an, it was an iPhone 3 too, so um, if you want to believe me, you, there's only one way to verify that. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. I do have my iPhone 4. 
I showed oh, man, it a couple I was, weeks I was ago. Like, I have my iPhone three, 4 but, box uh, sitting over here somewhere. Oh, man. Well, as box. always, feel, feel free to connect with both Gabe and myself <laughs> on LinkedIn. <laughs> and if you have a question or if you'd like to follow up with anything we talked about today, send us a message on our, on our website or even connect with us on LinkedIn again. But that's all we had for this week, and we'll talk soon. Thank you.